one of the 50 greatest NBA players of all time, Charles Barkley. Rich Ryan is my favorite coach. Why is that? Just to think about it, uh, a coach who is the freakiest of players, I love that. <laughs> the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. So when I do analysis, my name is Habituation. So I should refer to you, Steven Soderbergh, as the Habituation. Yes, that's my name. <laughs> what is your name again? The Habituation. He's none other than Reggie Wayne. I get a, a, a text on my two-way from Reed. Oh, it's my buddy. You know, it's my bro, my amigo, a padre, homie. Open it up and look at him. It says, Law dead. <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Presented by Papa John's, is your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the post-Super Bowl 45 edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's, and I call this actually the postpartum podcast, even though it's tough to alliterate that way, because... Uh, nothing to me is more depressing than a playing season coming to an end. Uh, certainly one as exhilarating as the season we just saw play out and culminate on the field at Cowboys Stadium for Super Bowl 45. A superb effort by the Green Bay Packers to bring a fourth Super Bowl title back to Town for all of us to chew on. The largest television viewing audience in the history of the medium, in the history of this country, it was just a fantastic game that uh, we've been chronicling all week on NFL Network. Last week, we had two podcasts last week. Why not? It's the Super Bowl week. So go and download those. If you haven't heard them yet, it's not dated. I promise you that. Uh, so uh, it was just a fun week. And we're all wiped out here at NFL Network because we were on the air for over 100 live high-definition hours, uh, including almost half the day on Super Sunday. I felt like I was the star of the Truman Show, that they were following me around with cameras 24 hours a day, but uh, it was fantastic. It was a, a wonderful time. Obviously, North Texas had its ups and many downs, and we'll talk about those with Troy Aikman, the three-time Super Bowl champion Dallas Cowboy who called the game on Fox with Joe Buck. He will join us on this show, as will Matthew Perry. He's got a, a new television show coming out, the Longtime star of the hit show Friends has a new show that he's created. He's the executive producer of, he's the writer on, and he's also the star of Mr. Sunshine, which debuts Wednesday night on ABC. According to ABC's website, uh, Matthew plays a self-involved manager of a sports arena where curious mishaps are ordinary. Lots of fun with Matthew Perry, big Patriot fan. I'm sure he watched the Super Bowl. We'll get his thoughts on that when he joins us later on. Kara Henderson was part of the cavalcade of uh, crew members at North Texas for us on NFL Network. She will join me in the Hot Topics segment with a reunion of sorts. I'm dragging the worm back into the studio. I told him to take a day off from uh, the Fox Soccer Channel. So the worm is going to be back on the Rich Eisen podcast that's now off and running. Joining us first on this post-Super Bowl edition of the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's is a Super Bowl champion wide receiver whose two touchdown receptions in Super Bowl 45 ties Max McGee for the Packers team record for most touchdowns in a Super Bowl. Max did his back in Super Bowl one. Now it's time for Greg Jennings to take center stage for the Green Bay Packers. Greg, you are a Super Bowl champion. Congratulations. I appreciate it. It's an unbelievable feeling. And uh, being back here in Green Bay, we definitely recognize that we're a champ. 
Now I know you know a stadium filled with people screaming and yelling and 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 congratulating you in a in a special ceremony in Lambeau Field is one thing, but just seeing folks lining the streets just screaming at buses, you know, coming in from the airport as you did on Monday, what was that like? Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. This has been an unbelievable run, not only for us, but obviously for our fans, for this town. Um, you know, after the NFC Championship game, we had a, a huge gathering at the airport to receive us on the way back. And then for this, you know, we kind of knew it would be pretty pretty stunning and pretty amazing, and it was definitely uh, that. Let's walk through the game a little bit here. Um, you had, as I said, two touchdowns, but what, what what would you think is bigger, your two touchdown catches or that third down grab in the fourth quarter that kept your drive alive that eventually gave you a six-point lead? That was a huge, huge play that if you didn't convert, Pittsburgh would have gotten the ball back in that situation. Hands down, that, uh, that was the biggest play that I was able to be a part of um, on Sunday. You know, uh, anytime you can convert third down in that situation – to uh, not only not only extend the drive, but to eat up more clock, and that's that was the number one thing we wanted to do was eat up as much clock as we possibly could, uh, and then give Ben the ball back, hoping that we had scored a touchdown. But you know we came up a little short on that end, but we were able to at least put some points on the board, and make make it hard on them, put pressure on them, to put up at least a touchdown. What was it like in the huddle when the play's called? You know what you've got to do. You know what Aaron's going to do most likely. What was that like in the huddle? You know, it was it was pretty much business as usual. It was uh, it was really a mindset of making sure that uh, we were all going to make sure we did our job and getting open. And once we saw the coverage, was a, a two man, a fifty five look with Ike traveling with me inside. I knew I had to beat him pretty good to to get to the window in the open vacant area in the middle of the field. And boy, I don't think I've seen a tighter thrown prettier ball than that ball I caught. <laughs> Well, Rogers just locked in, and I, I I said that to him afterwards when he after uh, uh, you had come on the show on NFL Network Live after the game. I said to him that to say you're in a zone is is discounting the word zone. I mean, he's in a zone right now. I, what what is it like being in the huddle with a quarterback in the zone like that? When you when you see his eyes, you know it's like you know. It's almost like you want to tell Mike, Mike, just throw the ball. You know, disrespect and and. And trying not not trying to downplay and negate the running game, but boy, when you when you have a guy who's having the confidence and who's riding such a high on his arm like we were riding him, it's like just give him the ball and let him make plays. And if we're if we're able to put our hands on it and corral the ball, which we some some of them got away from <laughs> guys on Sunday, yes. but we uh, we pulled it through when it counted. What's Aaron like after the guys don't get? You know, corral the ball when they they need to, as you pointed out <laughs> during the game a couple times, to put it lightly. I'm sure he is sick. I know it's the sickest feeling. Not, not. I mean, forgetting what Aaron's feeling like, it's the guys too. You know, they're sick. They want to make a play, but uh, you know, I know it can get definitely get frustrating when you see multiple drops. But um, he he understands the. The, the fight that we have at, at receiver, and he knows that we're going to catch the ones that we need to catch. But, boy, I was – boy, my stomach was turning a little bit on Sunday. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think you and the rest of Packer Nation uh, stomach turning as well. Uh, certainly when uh, Roethlisberger had the ball in his hands with two and change to go 
and an opportunity to score a touchdown with no time left to beat you by one point, just like it happened in Pittsburgh last year. What was it like standing on the sidelines and having pretty much no control over your fate at that point in time? I told some of the guys on the sideline, I told them, I'm like, wow, we we put our defense in this position again, and it's so uncomfortable. I was saying this is the most uncomfortable feeling. Not that I don't, not that I don't have the ultimate confidence in our defense, but just the fact that, boy, if we if we put six points on the board, game's over. Mm-hmm. You know, and and for us to put put that stress on our defense with without having Wood out there, Sam being hurt, it, it's a lot to ask of a defense. But they pulled it through for us once again. What was it like in the locker room when uh, at halftime when it, when you learned that Charles Woodson was in fact done for the day? Very, very, very emotional. Uh, I think I was probably the first player to find out because I was right there. I went right back there as soon as we got in to make sure him him and Drive was okay. But um, once I walked in there, he was pretty much throwing a little fit, and I knew it wasn't good. And uh, you wanted to give him a minute, but at the same time, you know, we kind of got together and said a word of prayer just to keep his spirits up. And uh, I let him know, look, we need you out there. You know, the young guys need you. We need you. You're our guy. You're our leader. And uh, said the same to Drive. What do you mean he was throwing a fit? He was upset? Oh yeah, definitely. He was upset. Definitely upset. Um, more probably not even upset isn't probably the right word. He is more uh, probably disappointed that uh, he wasn't going to be able to finish, uh, simply because when you have a, a guy, a veteran guy who's thrown everything out there in the line of fire, um, and he can't compete, you, you take his 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 will to compete away because of an injury that he can't control. It's that's a hard pill to swallow and. Uh, you know, I can only imagine what he was going through at halftime. But, you know, after after he got himself together, um, he told us, and he never really honestly got himself together, but he told us right before we walked out, guys, just, just get this one done for me. So he addressed the team. He, did, he, did, he did address the team as much as he could. Uh, very, very emotional. Almost couldn't get the words out, but... We, we knew what time it was, we knew, and we understood what it was that he was trying to say and, and what he wanted us to do. What was it like the night before the game when your coach says, let's get fit for Super Bowl rings? What was that all about? You know what, guys? I don't think guys really put too much into it. I think guys kind of, you know, they just thought, like, number one, we, we, we're a team of real confidence. Coach talked about it all the time. He always talks about real confidence. And what we saw on film was an outstanding Pittsburgh team. But when you watch what we're able to do and what they did, we knew we were going to present some problems for them offensively. And then defensively, you know, we're, we were a different team that had gone up there to Pittsburgh last year. So we were really confident going into the game despite not having any experience. Uh, you know, we had, we had guys that, that had playoff experience, not Super Bowl experience, but guys who were willing to go, go to battle, and uh, we were able to get it done. So when he told us that we were getting fit, you know, we were like, bring it on. I mean, what size are you wearing? What size are you wearing? <laughs> and Everybody's trying to figure out which finger to get it put on. What else What else did he do, what else did he do uh, in the week leading up that really started firing the team up for, for a Super Bowl victory? What else did he well, do? Well, he really he pretty much kept everything pretty much the same. I think uh, I think that was a smart smart decision he made. I know you know I told him I told one of my coaches after the, after the game you know we 
we complain all the time about being in pads, and he had us in pads the first day down there. And it's like, man, we are in pads. We're in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're as players, you complain about any and everything that you disagree with. But at the end of the day, he, he made all the right decisions. He made the right calls, and now we were able to get it done. Let's talk about your journey. Everybody keeps talking about your quarterback's journey. Um, you went to Western Michigan University. You're a big Kalamazoo, Michigan native. Um, mm-hmm. What what was your journey like? How how how'd you wind up at Western Michigan, Greg? Oh man, my journey was a little unique. You know, I never um, never really wanted to stay at home. I, Kalamazoo uh, sits, I mean, Western sits right in the heart of Kalamazoo, and I uh, never wanted to stay at home. Wanted to get away, so I verbally committed to the University of Michigan. Always wanted oh. to be a Wolverine. I did. I always wanted to be a, be so a Wolverine. So what happened? You know, my dad and I, we sat down in Lloyd's car office, and I verbally committed, and he was like, we're, we're, gonna, we're glad to have you yeah. here, blah, blah, blah. And for whatever reason, I stopped getting phone calls, and so I just happened to call my cousin, Ann Go was playing there at the yeah. time. Uh-huh. I, I, I called him. I'm like, man, should I call him? He's like, yeah, give him a call, see what's going on. I call him, and they tell me that they've run out of scholarships. Uh-huh. That but they is had not but right. they, yeah, and so they said they have a part. They have a partial scholarship, and I, I was I was pissed. I was pissed. I was hurt. I was I was all of the above. But um, I felt like I was a better player than than uh, a partial scholarship, and so I I just left it. And Western always had a scholarship waiting for me. And fortunately for myself, it was a great decision. It uh, allowed me to work hard. Uh, I was able to grab hold of responsibility at a young age, both from the student aspect and and the uh, sports room. So it, it was, you know, I wouldn't change it if I had a chance to do it all over again. So no, no love lost for Lloyd Carter. No, oh, well, that's good. But on behalf of the University of Michigan family, <laughs> being a okay, being a yeah. class of '90 grad, I don't know that if that gives me the the the. The ability to speak on behalf of the entire University of Michigan family, we're going to do it anyway. I sincerely apologize. <laughs> I accept the apology. Okay, good. Because, you know, I that's, I don't even know what to say, other than the fact that at least it all worked out superbly for you. You were a second-round pick. My gosh, you played with Favre, right? You, you come right out of school, you play with mm-hmm. Brett Favre, and, then, right. and now you're a Super Bowl champion with two right. touchdown catches in the big game with a super Can't quarterback at your disposal. Can't complain. You know, the funny, the funniest part about that old story, we played on my, uh, my redshirt freshman year, uh-huh. and um, I remember Lloyd Carr making some comments in the paper saying that, yeah, there's some guys on that team that feel like they should be playing over here. And oh. feel like, the, and I, I just felt like he was talking directly <laughs> to me. <laughs> And so I'm, I am, like, pissed. I'm like, wow, he's just going to shoot at me directly? <laughs> did you did, did you wind up playing in that game or no? I did. I did wind up play. I got in, and I caught two balls for, like, 50 yards on Marlon Jackson. So. Oh. Yeah. So were you woofing at that point? Did you point at the at, at Lloyd and start talking or, or what? Yeah, that's, that's, that's never been me. I've always been one to okay. control, control my emotions and keep them kind of contained. But uh, I definitely wanted to beat those guys. They got the better end of them, better end of us that day. But uh, right. in the long run, in the long run, I know he's looking like, boy, I could have coached that guy. Yes, he is. There's no doubt that he is. And speaking of smack talk, you are going to go to the White House. 
Okay, you are going to go uh, into the Rose Garden uh, and see the not only president of the United States, but the first fan of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> we'll be there waiting for you. Who who will dare talk smack to the president of the United States on your team? Will somebody I do that? I definitely. I, I'm definitely betting on uh, probably 90% of the guys are going to say something. <laughs> something in regards to the comments he made. But you know, it was it worked out perfect because I told Charles after he made that mm -hmm. that that uh, that post game talk to the team, I'm like, boy, you, you summed it up better than any one of us could because we all had that on our mind. Like if when we win this game, I'm shooting back at the president's comments. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, so everyone everyone pretty much had that on their mind and wanted to say something. But when he when he said what he said, he summed it all up right there. So uh, nothing else needed to be said. Now he's taking the high road as as the leader of the free world should, saying that even he can appreciate what this means for the state of Wisconsin, the state of Packer Nation. But you know, deep down, you heard him that championship Sunday. You heard him. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, hopefully he doesn't do anything with taxes and hurt us <laughs> even more. But. <laughs> But uh, no, it, it, it was a great feeling to go in, go in that, go in that stadium and beat those guys on on that Sunday. Boy, it was our journey has been awesome. Wouldn't wouldn't change it a bit. Well, listen, Greg. Thanks for calling in. I know your life is uh, pit busy. People pulling at you from different angles now that you're a Super Bowl champion, and uh, I really appreciate you doing that. And good luck to you throughout the rest of the way. Anytime, Rich. I appreciate that. Oh, let's do one last thing. You're at. You're on Twitter now, right? Let's promote this. I'm on. Yeah, I'm let's on Twitter. This. I'm on Twitter. Come, come, check me out on Twitter. I'm following my man, Rich, right Thank there. You, you Thank know, you. so. <laughs> at Greg Jennings, right? At Greg Jennings. At Greg straight Jennings. Up. At Greg Jennings, and I, you know, I'm going to be on uh, the Lopez Tonight hey. Show uh, tomorrow. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to toss that up there, and uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter, as I will try to follow most. Most of the people who are following me. You got it. At Greg Jennings, and we'll follow you on the Lopez Show Wednesday night. And it's just all part of the, the Super Bowl parade that's coming yes. to you. Yes, indeed. Thanks again More for calling in. Thanks again for calling Appreciate in, Greg. It. You bet. Let's talk with the man who called the game on Fox along with Joe Buck. He is still only one of four quarterbacks in NFL history to have at least three Super Bowl rings. He is Troy Aikman joining us right here on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Troy, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Hey, you bet, Rich. Good to be on. What are your impressions of the game now that you're a couple days removed from it? <laughs> well, it was... Uh... It was a good one. It looked uh, looked a little dire there for a little bit until Pittsburgh scored before the end of the first half. And I, you know, I just think it's one of those games, Rich, that uh, if you're Pittsburgh, you're kicking yourself uh, because of the the turnovers. Which I guess at the end of the day, I mean, we're we're the difference in the ball game. And it's just, I guess, the 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 way the ball bounces because two of the three. I mean. Roethlisberger uh, gets hits when he throws in the end zone, and then the one that was over the middle that was picked off just seemed to be a good play by the defense. Do, could you pin either of those interceptions on Roethlisberger? No, I, I, I agree with you that uh, you know the first one, Howard Green gets the hit on him. There's not much, you know, not much you can do about that one. And then I, yeah, I just thought the second one, you know, you're throwing it into a tight space, but it's not a ball that uh, you're expecting to have intercepted. At worst, uh, you know, that's usually just a collision, and then the ball's on the ground and it's incomplete and. You know, the big fumble clearly uh, by Mendenhall was a turning point in the game. Um, but I think even even with that, uh, you can't discount how, how well the Packers played because they, they made plays when they had to. And, uh, you know, third and ten, and Aaron Rodgers throws a perfect pass to oh. Greg Jennings down the middle. And, you know, so they, they earned the right to win that game. Um, and I just thought that uh, it was pretty fitting 
for the Packers to win without Donald Driver, without Charles Woodson on the field, considering all that they had overcome throughout the season. It did seem to me when the Steelers had not one but two chances to take the lead when it was 21-17 that the narrative of how the Packers were overcoming injuries all season long was finally, they finally had maybe suffered one injury too many. Uh, and, and, you know, Roethlisberger... He missed a couple of guys on those drives where he, you know, he had a chance to take the lead, but in, in the end, as you point out, the, the Packers just made too many plays on defense. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't think that uh, that Ben was as sharp as as what we've seen from him at other times. And and when they when they got the ball, you know, down six, you're saying, okay, well, here here we go again. And Ben had done it before, you know, and and it just wasn't wasn't meant to be. But it, it's it's a tough. You know, I haven't experienced the losing end of that in a Super Bowl, but I can I can only imagine because it is such a great year to get to the Super Bowl and and then when the when the game ends, everyone's talking about, you know, the champion and and the Green Bay Packers and how devastating that is for the Pittsburgh Steelers whereas they're not talking about, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles who, you know, lose in the divisional game or the, you know, other teams that didn't even make the playoffs and it's just a big disappointment for whoever doesn't win that game, but you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, what a great story he has been and, and talked about it. This is about winning world championships, and, and it's nice, I know. I, I've been there as a quarterback when you can finally then say, not that you don't continue to get criticized and scrutinized throughout the remainder of your career, but at least now he's got that, and no one can ever say he can't win the big game. Exactly, and he seemed to be calm from the start. Like, he didn't seem to have any jitters. I mean, the ball that he threw to Jordy Nelson went right through Nelson's hands. He, they could have been up 7 nothing just yeah. like that. Well, his numbers, as good as they were, would have been astronomical had, had the receivers, James Jones, dropped one that I, that I thought would have been a touchdown if he was able to make that catch. Right at Jordy, the start of the said. third quarter. Yeah, he dropped, he dropped a few, and I... You know, I think that's one of the reasons why I have really appreciated Aaron Rodgers so much. There's a lot of really great quarterbacks out there, and, and I admire watching all those guys play. But when you spend any time around Aaron, he's just a – I don't know if it's this Northern California cool or, you know, whatever, but he's just a very laid-back guy. I think he's got a nice blend of intensity and seriousness, and yet at the same time he, he's able to be loose uh, when he needs to be, and he doesn't seem to get – too worked up, and 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 whether or not Ted Thompson knew that when they drafted him, it, it's a great quality for the position that he's in, uh, because I think that's what allowed him to handle his situation so well during the stretch there that Brett was going off to the to the Jets. Yeah, there's no doubt that that was uh, that was a tough spot for everybody. I mean, a divorce, you know, for them to go like that with with Favre, and they couldn't figure out how to best do it. It was definitely a spot that Aaron Rodgers was put in that was very difficult, very very difficult, and they seemed to get through it. And he just seems to be, as you said, Northern California cool. What was it like when you started your first Super Bowl? Did you go through any sort of nerves, any sort of uh, anxiousness that you had to fight through in the first quarter of the game? Yeah, I did. You know, the week leading up to the game, I was I was pretty calm. And, and the day of the game, I was as calm as I had ever been before any game. I mean, even regular season games, I would get the typical butterflies and things of that nature. And you know, and so I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised that throughout that day I was pretty relaxed and went out for pregame warm-ups. Everything was was pretty calm, and and then it wasn't until they did the player introductions. Now they just have the whole team run out, so I don't know what I'd feel now. But but at that time, teams were still being introduced individually, and you know I got my name announced and ran out onto the field, and and uh, that's when I first got hit with this flood of emotion, you know, and adrenaline, and. You know, I was having a hard time catching my breath, and you know we were the youngest team in the league at that time in '92, and 
you know, in addition to myself, we had guys who just, we had been repping these plays for a week and, and we couldn't get lined up. We were having to burn timeouts there on the first possession. And, and I overthrew Michael Irvin on a, on a real easy throw on my first attempt of the game. We had a block punt. We're down seven, nothing before we even really got going. And I remember coming to the sidelines and kind of thinking to myself, you know, we're going to get blown right out of the stadium. <laughs> this is not going to be good. And we went out and uh, converted a, a big third down, and it kind of got us going. And then we wound up ha- having the big game, obviously. But that's what I've always enjoyed about the Super Bowls: is you just you don't know how players are going to going to respond, you know, to that stage. And so when you say, "Boy, Aaron Rodgers came out and played, you know, really, really well, and seemed very calm and collected." Uh, a lot of people who haven't been in that situation probably take that for granted, and uh, and I don't. I, I just think that for him to come out and play like he did right from the start was pretty impressive. And also, uh, Mike McCarthy, I mean, dialing up the same play to Jordy Nelson. I mean, that was the same play, the, the same yeah. route that he ran. He missed the, the, the ball on the uh, catch on, on the first possession. The first touchdown of the game was the same it was the same, yeah. ba- basically the same route, and and the same thing happened in the fourth quarter as well, where Jordy Nelson comes across the middle on second down, drops the ball, and third down he makes a great play and takes it inside the ten. It seemed that McCarthy seems to have been locked in almost as much as Aaron Rodgers. Well, I what's going to be said, and and what has been said throughout the season as it progressed, is that you know Mike McCarthy did a great job as as far as holding the team together, and and I felt that I'm not saying Bill Belichick wasn't deserving because he did a great job, but to me. You know, if you did that vote right now, uh, Mike McCarthy would be hands down the coach of the year, and he should be because he overcame more than any other coach in the league, and they go on and and win the Super Bowl. But in addition to just being the head coach of that team, I I think he's a very underrated play caller. You know, when they start talking about the great play callers in the game, you know, they'll talk about Shanahan and Holmgren no longer, but, but North Turner and... You know those type of guys, and yet they they don't mention Mike McCarthy uh, that often. And, and I think that he's been brilliant. We had their last six games, four playoff games, two regular season games, and I thought he did a masterful job of uh, of really dissecting defenses, keeping them off balance. And I think he did that again in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know that, that now that they've won the Super Bowl, their first game is going to be on an NBC uh, next year to start the season. They may want you and Joe Buck to call the game. <laughs> I mean, they're six, they're, they, they wanted that magical run with you guys in the yeah. booth, watching them each in every one of them. Well, we sure enjoyed uh, we sure enjoyed watching them. You know, the, we came into the year and we opened up with them at Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and at that time, I felt that they were the best team in the NFC coming into the season. And then, of course, all the injuries. But even when they got ready to play the Giants in the fifteenth game of the season, I thought they were the better team. And even when they got into the playoffs as a number six seed. It's hard to win on the road the way they were able to, but I thought if they were playing on a neutral field, uh, the Green Bay Packers in the NFC field are the best team, and uh, hats off to them. They went out and proved it. Yeah, and certainly indoors, too. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, how about that, that a Green Bay quarterback may be better indoors than outdoors? <laughs> I would ever thought we could say something Well, he like makes that. no bones about it. He doesn't like playing in the cold, nor did I. <laughs> I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't. And if you think about it, he came on our set afterwards uh, on the NFL Network uh, game day final set afterwards, and I asked him what what it was. Did he flip a switch after he came back from his concussion? Did 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 he... Uh, come back either more determined or, or is this the level of play that he has now flipped the switch we're going to come used, get used to? And he basically said it's because he missed the game. Yeah. 
I mean, help us relate to that. I think it was all the helmet there, Rich. I mean, you got a new helmet. That was the the big thing, you know. And uh, by the way, the helmet, which he did get a new one, uh, he says he hates the helmet. It's uncomfortable, and he wants to go back to his old one. I think Uh I'd rethink that one as much success as uncomfortable or not. It's been pretty good for him. It's a magic helmet. But but him basically just saying it's merely he missed the game. I mean, like I said, help us relate to that as somebody, you know, who – who won three Super Bowl rings as a quarterback? Well, I, I I think that you know not to not to turn this into a Brett Favre story, but I've always felt that one of the hard things for Brett when he did retire was he had never experienced what it was like to stand on the sidelines and watch his team play without him, and he didn't have that happen until the end of this year, and that's why you know you get away from the game for those of us that have had injuries and you have to stand on the sidelines and watch the team go on, and especially when you see the team go on and have success. That's a real empty feeling, and I think it's at that moment that you realize, wow, this this is I'm really fortunate to be a part of this and to be playing professional football for a living. And you know, even though the team didn't have success during those games that he missed, I think the fact that he was able to sit and watch these guys go out and play without him, even though he's missed some time before, that uh, you realize, wow, this is uh, this is something that I need to enjoy while I have the time. And I saw the interview that you did with him. And I think it's right. I think, it, you know, you get refocused and rededicated and realize that uh, whether it's, hey, I missed the game or, you know, we have an opportunity here with still some good players in light of the fact we've lost several because of injury to do something special. And you put forth your best foot, and, uh, and he was able to do that. And without him, clearly, they, they wouldn't have had the success they had. The most watched television show of all time with 162.9 million Total viewers, Super Bowl 45, 71% of American television sets were tuned into you and Joe Buck. Pretty amazing. On Fox. I mean, it's it really is unbelievable well, how many people it, are it, locked in on this. It, it is, Rich, and, 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 and you and I and others, uh, we, we see that, and we know how fortunate we are right now for the fan interest and the viewership that we have and, and people that want to watch professional football and, and to think – that somehow, and I'm not choosing sides here, but to think that, that an agreement can't be reached right. so that we can continue to play. You know, I've said it many times in many different forums that I'm concerned right now with some of the things that are taking place within the league as to whether or not that's going to affect the long-term uh, viability of our sport or the popularity of our sport. And a lockout certainly uh, would not help matters. And that, uh, who knows, that could be the event that, that affects things uh, for years to come. Yeah, well, I just, as you point out, I, there's, there's too many smart people, too much money for this to happen. And I think that's going to be everybody's mantra for the rest of this month uh, up until March 4th, whenever we hopefully get a deal or an extension. Because, as, as you point I mean, look, look at those numbers. I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, and it's, it, it's crazy to think that that's going to continue. You know, I mean, at some point, they, you, you can't keep increasing viewership year after year after year after year, which mm-hmm. is which is what we've done. And so, you know, I don't know. I mean, at some point, um, at some point, it's not going to happen. What's going to cause that? And I, I, I don't know. But I do know that right now, this is an awfully good time. It's a good time for all of us. It's a good time for broadcasters. It's a good time for owners. It's a great time for players. And, uh, and you know, I see both sides of it. I, I know that the owners are on the hook for a lot. And you've got these rising costs and stadium costs and things of that nature. But then you've also uh, got the players who say, hey, okay, all we know is that there is a lot of money that's being exchanged. And if you're hurting that bad, then show us. You know, how can we be partners if we can't at least be proven 
that that things are what you claim that they are. And so, I don't know. I hope that they're able to reach an agreement. At some point, they will. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know that's going to come sooner rather than later. But I'm hopeful that when we roll around into uh, July and August, we're talking about training camp and not a not a not a lockout. I agree still. with you. While we're on the subject of sooner rather than later, there's a lot of people think that uh, that North Texas will not get another Super Bowl yeah. sooner rather than yeah. later after last week. What What are your thoughts now that? Uh, uh, the Cowboy Stadium stage is shut and, uh, you know, the weather and the seating issues yeah. and all of these things that people seem to be talking about in addition to the game. What do you think about North Texas's chances of getting this thing again? Well, it's as I sit here right now, Rich, it's 55 degrees, almost 60 degrees and <laughs> sunny. You know, it's beautiful. And, and, and I've lived here 21 years. I've never seen anything like that. So the weather in and of itself, you can't do much about Um you know, I'm disappointed for the for the hundreds of people who put in a lot of time, three plus years, preparing North Texas for that event, and then to not have it uh, go as we had planned, and that's all a result of the weather, which nobody could predict it. I think that it, it, the game then we say, okay, the game will make up for that. We've got two great teams; it should be a great game, and then we have the snafu with the uh, with the seating. Should never have happened, and I think it definitely gave North Texas a black eye. It gave, this, it gave that game a black eye. It should never have happened. There shouldn't have been fans without seats. And to say, well, you get a free seat for next year's game, you know, some of these people came to see the Packers and the Steelers. They just didn't come because they're football fans. And so that part of it is very disappointing. Uh, I believe that North Texas will get another Super Bowl. Uh, when that might occur, uh, I'm not real sure. It's, it, 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 does, it would not appear that it will happen uh, as quickly as what we might have hoped going in. And you're already seeing how people are talking about the seats as a metaphor for what's gone wrong as a whole. I mean, Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post wrote a scathing column uh, basically saying that this is the a microcosm of trying to be too big, trying to go for too much, trying to get too much money going for the the mega hit as opposed to just focusing on what everybody loves and that's the game itself. Well, I think it is a microcosm. I, I, I think it is on a lot of levels. I, I think it it's a microcosm of what we're looking at uh, in terms of the the labor agreement. You know, I mean, ultimately we're at the impasse that we are because of greed, and ultimately what took place with regards to seating and trying to get as many people in the stadium as possible. Uh, I don't think it was safe. You know, I've seen that stadium uh, for a normal regular season game. Uh, I know it was designed to bring in uh, extra seating, uh, but there were areas of of, of that uh, stadium to where if there had to have been an evacuation, it would have been problematic. And, uh, you know, I I would agree that uh, it it should never have occurred, and those that didn't have seats, uh, they should be upset. And I feel bad for those that uh, were in position because of it. So what's your non – I call it the non-playing season because there's just too much going on. <laughs> just, you can't call it an off-season. What, what, what is it like for you? What are you? What's up with you now, Troy? Well, I'm involved in a, some various businesses, so that'll keep me busy as it, as it does even during the football season. But for the most part, uh, you know, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the year, uh, enjoyed getting the opportunity to call the Super Bowl, but I'm, I'm looking forward to enjoying the off-season <laughs> as well. And I'll get out and play a little golf and relax and uh, – you know, hopefully we don't get that next wave of winter storm here next week, so I can get out and enjoy some of the weather. Yeah, yeah I imagine so because you're 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 on the road. Other than I guess the bye week for the for the Super Bowl, you're on the road unless I guess you get the Cowboy game too. 
for about 24, 25 straight weeks. Right? Yeah, we start up in uh, we start up in mid August, and we're pretty much uh, week in and week out then until you know just this past weekend. So uh, it is a it is a long season, and uh, you know the thought of going eighteen games. Um, <laughs> I don't guess that changes much as far as what we're doing in terms of broadcasting, but right. that's that's another interesting thing to look at as well. <laughs> I guess the last uh, while you brought up the subject, what is your thoughts on that? Well, I would never have been Ford as a player, and I don't. And that's why I say I don't know any player. I haven't heard any player yet say, "Yeah, okay, eighteen games, that wouldn't be a problem." I, I guess if if there's enough money thrown at them, then the players will say, "Sure." But uh, it, it's 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 hard enough to stay healthy for sixteen games as it is, and and that's one of those decisions where you know we talk about, "Hey, let's let this is all about the fans." You know, we want to accommodate the fans. We want to put on football because of our fans. We constantly throw you know, this this bouquet out to our fans, and yet decisions aren't being made for fans, you know. I mean, they're being made as to how do we increase revenue and, you know, how do we, uh, you know, rate, uh, increase the pie, I guess, so to speak. And in 18 games, I don't know that that's – it's certainly not good for the players. I don't think it's good for the game. Um, and I'm hopeful that it doesn't happen, but we'll just have to wait and see. All right. I can't end this conversation on down notes like this. we got to end, we got to end with an up note. All right. Do you think the Packers can repeat? I do. I do. It's, uh, you know, people always say, hey, how come so few teams repeat? Mm-hmm. And, well, because, because it's hard to win the first one, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just hard. And uh, And then to try to do it all over again is – is uh, even harder, and so I, I think they can um, primarily because they they make great personnel decisions. It's a little bit like the Patriots, and you know, as long as you continue to evaluate talent well, which is what the Patriots have done, it's what the Packers have done. Uh, then you're going to be knocking on the door each and every year. You're not always going to win it, but uh, you've got a chance. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind that with Aaron Rodgers, if he can stay healthy, and with the decisions that they make within their personnel department that uh, they'll be in contention, and then it's just having some breaks go their way, just like, you know, they had to have some things go their way this year also. Yeah, it just seems to me, because I always bring things uh, back to some sort of pop culture reference, the movie Hoosiers, which, by the way, I guess Mike McCarthy showed the team that scene where, you know, they measure the rim to the floor and everything's just the same game, it's just a bigger stage, that that scene where Coach Dale would hold up the game plan to all the fans that were screaming and howling at him saying you're doing the wrong thing, (laughs) that that's what Ted Thompson is doing right now, (laughs) you know, I I mean, because with Brett Favre, don't yeah. do this with him. And then oh, how do you not go for Marshawn Lynch? You need this, you need that. And now he's waving the game plan to everybody. Well, and that's, you know, general managers can't be cheerleaders, you know. I mean, the the, the fans are. And mm-hmm. uh, they get emotionally invested in, in the players that they've been supporting, and rightfully so. But I think as general managers, you've got to look beyond that. And then you've got to start building for – you know what's going to happen two, three years down the road. I know they've been uh, they've been very high on Aaron Rodgers from the time they drafted him. There was nothing in preseason or in uh, practices for them to think otherwise, and they felt they had a good player. I don't know that they knew that they were going to have as good a player as they've got, but uh, they knew it was time for him to take over. And and Brett was winding down, so it turned out to be a great decision. Even even if Aaron Rodgers wasn't Super Bowl MVP and as great as he was, at some point you got to transition out of Brett Favre. And when you get to 38 years old, 37 years old. You know, it it becomes time, and at some point, if Aaron Rodgers is there long enough, you know what? They're going to be looking to replace him too. I mean, it's just the way it works. They're going to be replacing you and I too one of these days. Oh, right? don't say that. It's going too well for us to get it replaced right now, Troy. You're great at what you do. As good, as far as I'm concerned, as what you used to do on the field, and I really appreciate you calling in. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Rich. You bet. Troy Aikman calling the game on Fox. So we've had Greg Jennings, we've had Troy, uh, Matthew Perry. 
whose new show, Mr. Sunshine, will premiere Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. He will soon join us. But let's get to the Hot Topic segment, the post-Super Bowl 45 Hot Topic segment, the uh, darling of the Hot Topic segment, the the person who Twitter has been asking for more than anyone else, Kara Henderson, back on the segment. Good to speak with you again, Kara. I'm so glad that my family figured out how to use Twitter. Is that what it is? I don't know what it is, but people people love them some Karen Henderson on this podcast. We're giving with the people what they want. You know, fresh I, back from Dallas. I love being on this podcast. I love having you on this fresh. podcast. But uh, you're, it's funny. You're, the, the request for you went up as soon as the regular of this segment left the scene. And I think you can understand that. I, I think you're, you're fine with that. I am absolutely. So, so with the season being over, I had to just give one shot at getting the worm, not on the phone, but in the studio. And I got him. Look who's back on the Rich Eisen podcast in studio. Hello, podcast people. <laughs> yeah. The worm. Jason Worms are back. Formerly NFL Network senior producer, now Fox Soccer Channel's vice president of production. How about ya? Management. Yeah. Management. And you had a big Sunday, right? It, Fox Soccer Channel had, had a huge Sunday. Our biggest Sunday, biggest day ever. On, on Super Sunday. <laughs> on Super Sunday, we nope. had Chelsea, Liverpool. We were at the Fox NFL set. We kept the seats warm for the boys okay. while they were in Arlington. And we had an enormous So, wait a minute. In, in, this was from Cowboy Stadium. No, well, they were at Cowboy Stadium. We took over their oh, set. Oh, I see. Here right here in L.A. Okay. We took over their set. It looked just like it. We had the music. We had fans from both sides. They were cheering. Was this and, your idea as a VP? Uh, Is this one of your ideas? Well, take credit for it. No, I know. I'm like, that's what I was trying to, to wave over. <laughs> just do it. Just take credit. No, no okay. the, the idea was hatched before, okay. but I. But I you, you tweaked it. You yes. tweaked it. Yeah. You gave it the worm tweak. Yeah, we did. And and the ratings were through the roof. Through the roof. Where was where where was it in time of day compared to Super Sundays? Uh, so. Eleven. So the the. The pregame was at 10 a.m. Eastern. Okay. The game was at 11 to 1. Oh, it's perfect timing. And then we did a post-game show from 1 to 2.30. Oh, so in, in other words, through the entire time that Kara and me and the rest of the NFL Network was on the air. We were on the air. We were on the air at the crack of freaking dawn. All I know is, that, all I know is the alarm clock on Sunday morning hey. said had a 2 in front of it. Oh, dear. For you? Yeah. We had to be we, oh, you know, 2.55 or something like that. All right, that. I'm going to stop 4 a.m. Let's go. That's when some of our TV. That's when some crew members were getting in from Saturday. Night. Oh, I bet <laughs> <It's> Super Sunday. <laughs> I bet. Do I detect a little bit of uh, of Super Bowl voice in you, Super Karen? Super Bowl Anderson? voice, a little bit at the end there. A little froggy, a little bit. Because little we bit. talk so much, and then you know we we have lives. So do even you? though we we yeah we do, <laughs> even though we're on the air so and we're working so hard, we we still just have to go sample nightlife. Maybe not just kick a it, sample. just a sample, just taste. a touch, a little morsel, a yeah, little taste. Sure. And you're always in these parties where the music is blaring. Oh yeah. You know, and so you can always tell, always tell who's been out partying by the end of the week on on. Yeah, you got the techno worm. Got the techno thing going. You can always tell people in our profession who who hits it a little too long oh, yeah. by well, the end well, of Super Bowl. Well, you should week. have a Saturday voice. Like Saturday is when it should kick in. Right. It's when you hear the people on Thursday. That yeah, that's right. You can't, you can't have Super Bowl voice Wednesday, I, Thursday. I did give one of our uh, one of our newbies. I did mm. give him that little piece of advice. You can't roll with that voice. You on can't Thursday. roll with that. Or yeah, yeah. Right? Or, or go Mayock. Oh, well, dear. That's no, but, but, but that's sick, not though. because Mayock was kicking it at like it was uh, sick, he wasn't, you know, at studio, you know, whatever it's whatever it is. Studio Mayock. Studio <laughs> Mayock, you know, it's a 
He's he's sitting there watching tape till the end. And I told Mayock at last year's draft, don't you ever do that to me again. Yeah. Because yeah. people always ask me, how do you prepare for the draft? Know all these players, know all this. I'm like, you know what my preparation for the draft is? Mayock. Mike, your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my draft prep. I look myself in the mirror and I just, how many different ways can I come up with? Mike Mayock, what do you have to say on this? And then I look and he's gone with a frog in the voice. All right, your thoughts, uh, Worm, on Super Bowl 45. What are your thoughts on the big game? Uh, it was an average game. I thought it was a, uh, average. I thought it was an average game. I really thought it was, it was stop, start, stop, start. There was, no, there was no consistency to it. I think it's because the Packers, McCarthy said, I'm not running the football. No. So the when they drop balls, clock stopped, and there you know, you know, I am. Clock's got to run, tick, 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 you know. Right. And it was slow, and and, and, and turnovers. Is that the soccer in you that the clock just keeps running? No, no. Well, that that, gets, that goes to my whole thing that fast football is good football. And this was three hours Super and thirty-seven Bowl. Well, minutes. Super Bowl will never be fast football. No, not true. Last year, fast football. Last year, fast football game was under. That game, I think, I could be wrong. It was right. like the Christina Aguilera. Hours. That was the Christina Aguilera of Super Bowl. Because <laughs> they missed a couple plays. <laughs> it was like two. They just blended a couple plays together because they missed one. Yeah, she was a little pitchy. Oh, she was a little pitchy. Oh, little poor Christina. Yeah. People I, are really on the field. Okay, on, on the field, which we were watching the. Mm-hmm. the I, th- I mean, she sounded great. Right. And then all of a sudden, but there was that moment when she missed it, and I we're know. all into it, you it's know. Like Enrico and then Palazzo. we stopped and looked at each other, like, did we just? See what I have spoken subsequently to um, one of our colleagues in the business, a high high end producer in this business, who has um, had many big time celebrities who are singing this stuff. Really concerned. Can I get a teleprompter? Can I get this? Can I get that? But you know, people always complain. Hey, you lip synced it, or hey, you sold off a teleprompter. Here's the way that they get around it. You put the lyrics in the ring yes, around the stadium, absolutely. you know, the, the, the sort of LED readout around sure. the stadium, the lyrics are there. So if you're ever, you can look up and it looks like you're oh, taking in the, the moment, just, the time, just yeah. right, put it up there. Yeah. And, and, uh, the, the national anthem lyrics were in the ring oh, dear. Um, of Cowboy Stadium. Oh, boy. She was, maybe they she were. was looking at herself on the well, There was a note I saw on Twitter this morning that, uh, she, she was so confident that she knocked it out in, during the rehearsal that she mm-hmm. didn't even finish the song. She says, I'm good. Oh. She was knocking it out. Like, I'm good. She, what, what, she, she just dropped it off at Ramparts? That was it? Somewhere. <laughs> I'm done. Bombs <laughs> bursting in. Over. Over. Wow. But I thought the game, getting back to the game, yeah. it was okay, but McCarthy should have run the football. When they ran the football. They won it. When yeah, they ran man. the football, they ran it pretty well. well and I think it got, they, and, and this happened again with these guys. They, they lost their edge. They're up 21-3, and they just lose their edge because they're a young team. Well, And it's happened a lot with them, and it hasn't burnt them, but it, you know. Oh, it did burn them over well, the course of this well, season. No, no, they no. weren't able to come back a lot of those late, games, right? Late in the season. The Philadelphia game, certainly the, pack, the, the, the NFC Championship game, they should have won that game by four touchdowns. Anyone who's, that, that should have never been close. And they almost gave that game away. Okay, so... It didn't burn them. They are the champions. I'm just saying. They. they you they, sound like the Giant fan right there. Well, that's because that I, did burn what? the Giants. You know this year. What you're saying it did not giants. burn the Packers. Oh, yeah. Burn the Giants. Wor- I was worried about that. I was worried about like, like, like Packer fan. Like the worst scenario is you're up 18 on these guys. They really shouldn't be able to come back, and yet you lost your edge, and they almost did. 
Well, you know? that, it's, especially to an experienced team, like that's the worst thing. Man. And I mean, you know what? It was interesting to me, and maybe, and I and I said, you know, this game for some reason just seemed to be missing something. Mm-hmm. And Matt Pomeroy, our, our um, researcher, said the same thing to me that I felt like there wasn't this sense of Super Bowl urgency at any point over the course of this game, and I can't put my finger that's a good on point. why. That's a really good and point. And it was really weird. It, I never felt like I was watching the Super Bowl. I game. felt it in the fourth quarter, though. I felt really? in the yeah man when 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 uh, it was twenty one seventeen. Now I talked about this with with uh, Aikman before uh, when it was twenty one seventeen. Not once but twice, and the Steelers had a chance to take the lead again. I, I felt it then. The Jennings third down catch. In well, the, the fumble quarter. changed everything. The fumble did change everything. By the way, as always, I was in the elevator coming from upstairs. Yeah, down. you were. You were every Super Bowl. I get in the elevator. Where were you in the? I was schwitzing. Well, that's because I was caught, but because I, I I went in the elevator down. I'm stuck somewhere in the bowels of Jerry's sauna? world. You're schwitzing? No, no, no. I was stuck somewhere in the bowels of Jerry's world. I couldn't find my way back <laughs> to the to the NFL Network rendezvous point. And I had no idea at what time well, left see, because no, you no. don't hear the radio Excuse broadcast me. in the elevator. You don't hear the radio. There's nothing. You're, you're, it's as if you are running in, in Logan's run somewhere. It's got nothing to do with a football game. I think the proper Yiddish term was flabunged. I was flabunged. Yes. That's exactly oh, what my that uncle word. Myron used can that you, word all the time. I was flabunged. Give, give me, give me. For, here for you go. The, Here's, here it is. For the goyim. Here's, here's <laughs> for the goyim in the crowd right here. Uh, here it is. Uh, so I got off the exit and uh, I should have made a left. I made a right. Only five minutes later, I realized I flabunged. Yeah. Well, you are flabunged. I think it's... it's no, a, it's a verb, too. It's a verb, too. Yeah. It's an adjective yeah. as well. But at any rate, so I, I flabunged <laughs> somewhere in the middle of Jerry's world, and that's why I was schwitzing, sweating bullets when I finally got back in there. And I look at the television screen. It's 28-17. I'm like, how did this happen? Oh, there was a fumble. Oh, there was a touchdown. Oh, great, great. Was it, let me, I have a question. Yeah. Was it hot in the third and fourth quarter, was it very warm? Oh, it was. Let me tell no, you something started... about that. The week in Dallas, the word "hot," I cannot. Um, you know, I'm no, just saying. No. I don't think the word "hot" was ever applicable, even in the building. It was the coldest media day ever. There was I, I, with I was the roof closed. I was watching you. Donald Driver begged you, Kara. He begged you for a jacket. He would take the jacket off. You know what's funny? I actually did go to one of the PR guys. I'm like, you know, I know he's probably going to get in trouble if he doesn't put on an official. Yes, you got to do point. that. Right. So, could you go to the locker room and get him something? But apparently, he may have put on like Howard Eskins for a coat. I, think he... <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. But no, it was not. It was not like uh, our first Super Bowl that we covered uh, in, in Houston. Houston, where it was a points of Palooza in the fourth quarter because uh, there were no cool zones on the sidelines and the roof was over a capacity crowd well, and it got really hot in there and defenses were gassed. It, That's not what happened no. in the Super Bowl. No, not in, no, in my not estimation. But to your end as well, we spoke to Greg Jennings before and that was the royal we I just used um, here on the podcast. And he said that uh, Aaron Rodgers was so hot and he you could just see it in his eyes that he would basically beg Mike McCarthy saying, just throw it. I know you want to run it. I know we've got a good running game. There's no reason to. Uh, there's just no reason. Yeah. And maybe Mike McCarthy's thinking, yep. I, I've got one of the hottest quarterbacks, yeah, maybe. the hottest hands you can ever see, and just keep winging it around. How great are those? Pa- I mean, when he gets those passes on a string to Jordy Nelson, right? How I about mean, the one, the oh. two of them, the touchdown to Jennings, the third down to Jennings, and then the ones that they that these guys were dropping or went the through their ones. hands. Mm. You know, a couple times I'm like, well, he probably he put that one a little too far in front, and then the replay comes and goes. Oh. Not so much. Not so much. Not so much. He put the thread, the needle. Mm. Awesome. It's awesome to watch a quarterback operating that way. It's like Drew Brees was last year. Mm. Can I say something? Of yes. course. Raise your hand. 
He just I think the, 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 the other thing, Rodgers was awesome. <laughs> right. Awesome. That offensive line had a hell of a day. They played a great football game. Green base? Absolutely. Now, they got sacked a couple of times, but you're playing the Steelers. Right. You know, every time they brought five, any time they brought six, the guy was just standing back there and was throwing the football. Mm-hmm. And they never really knocked him down a lot. And he was, um, and I, I thought it was a huge difference. And when he had to run, those 13 times they ran, they ran pretty well. You didn't and, think it, but you guys didn't think it was a Super Bowl moment with two minutes, know, seven seconds to I go. Didn't. Ben Roethlisberger. No, 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 the only Super Bowl, the only Super Bowl it. moment it was, was, Maybe was, my was Cameron Diaz giving the popcorn day right. That was the only <laughs> Super Bowl moment. That's the only moment, memorable moment. Why is that game. a Super Bowl moment? Cameron Diaz feeding a Rod like he's. This. Like, you I didn't see that. This. They no. should because Jerry. By the way, Jerry Jones. The people that were in his suite. Wow. It was ridiculous. That was the celebrities that he had in his suite. Uh, A-Rod was there with Cameron Diaz, and they show her eating popcorn, and she was feeding him popcorn like he Is was... Is there a bucket in here? Because I might die right now. <laughs> like, he was, like he was a Roman emperor being you fed grapes. You don't think the Red Sox fans are going to get on him? You don't think that's... Well, he oh. was he was lustily booed by the Texas fans oh, every time he was shown. Oh, of course he should that be. That cat A-Rod. cannot The man do who ruined baseball right. to Texas fans. Wow. He can't do anything right, that cat. A-Rod? Nothing. I don't care if that's well, somebody tweeted me, like, would, would, would you let Cameron Diaz feed you uh, on national TV? And I'm like, uh, let me think about that. What did, no, you, did you think about please. it? What did you come up with? Uh, yeah, I would let her do that. <laughs> the best, someone wrote me back. Someone wrote me back after I sent that out. Because mm-hmm. I, I commended Rich Russo, director of Fox Sports, for getting that on television. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the guy in Elvis that's like, recue, recue the Cameron Diaz feeding A-Rod popcorn <laughs> shot? Some guy wrote back and said, oh, and the only thing that would have been better was Cameron giving the popcorn to Madden. That would have been the best part, right? Mm-hmm. If, if Cameron <laughs> Diaz was sitting there with Madden feeding him popcorn. Well, I think Madden was sitting next to W, though. It he was, was sitting next to w, w, but he was doing... George Bush. He was texting. He was... He was been... John Madden was on his cell phone texting half the time. Yeah, he was. He was. I was. I guess he Do you was... think he uses shorthand like LOL? LOL. Or, or he's... Smiley face. Or, LOL, smiley I'll face. I'll tell you one thing. He definitely doesn't text like Dion texts. Dion, Dion, I, I gotta ask Dion something. texts in his voice, you know. And Isn't I'm it sorry. funny dialect? There is Twitter dialect. Yeah, no, there my, is, here's yeah. my, my, I don't know, I, honestly, because I, I missed it, because mm-hmm. I want to follow him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what HOP is. Well, Hold HOP on. stands for Hold On Player. Oh, okay. I thought it was and House of Pain or something like that. that. I thought it was Hall of Prime originally, <laughs> until someone explained Hold it. Hold On Player. Okay. Hold On Player. So, so he, here's he came, what it is. Here's he, what it he, is. You, you explain. Go he ahead. He came Go ahead. up with this construct that uh, if somebody does something that is wrong or is very wrong and needs to be told, listen, what you're doing is wrong, like breaking a man law, man code okay. sort of thing. Got it. <laughs> Hold On Player. That's I basically it. what it is. I love it. And so we did a segment... Uh, on NFL game day morning, a Super Bowl Sunday edition of Hold On Playa. And each and every one of us came up with our own HOP. And the best ones were Kurt Warner and Mariucci. I was trying to download that last night. You should. It would not allow me, so it was off the site. No. Really? On NFL.com? Yeah. That's too bad because I tweeted out a link. Um, I feel like our conversation is in, in a way uh, the microcosm of Super Bowl week. It's like everything but the actual game. We sort uh, of again, touch upon the a, game, it's not really but it's just like every. It, it's it just seems that uh, the the whole week goes on, and then the game is somewhat of an afterthought. 
But I, I, I thought the game was Super Bowl worthy. You didn't? Is that I what it was? Okay. You didn't care? I, I mean, okay. it was Super Bowl worthy, really? but I never had that feeling. Like, like it, Seahawks and Saints game. Like, I had, I remember texting you and being like, I'm nervous watching this game. It just has this urgency and intensity to it. And you feel like every, every things hmm. come on every play. And it just, you get this nervous intensity. And I never got that watching the Super Bowl. Is that right? I got that. I'm telling you, it wasn't. I got it. It wasn't close to the. Arizona I certainly got it in the Arizona you know, yeah. Steelers game. I'm in the end great. zone, and I, and I had Spoon, one of our producers, basically broke my ribs when San Antonio Holmes. Oh, he's a big Steeler fan, though. He had a How great is he? I haven't on. seen, I haven't I seen haven't him seen since him Sunday. Either. Is he all right? He, he had a great T-shirt on. I'm an Indian Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Because he's Indian. And of it's just a very random T-shirt. Great. See, that's he a shirt you wears. can't wear. You can't gonna, wear that shirt. He's going to hate me for this. Wait, wait, wait. Is you a Giant fan? No, because you're, you're, yeah, because you're a Giant fan. You're not a Steeler fan. What, no, would, you, what would your T-shirt say then? I'm a, a weirdo giant fan. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, is there anything else you want to get off your chest? You haven't been on the show and in studio in over a month. I mean, this is your chance to get something that you got uh, bottled up. Uh, uh, not more. It's not really hatred. This is positive. This one. I got. I got something last night from various. I'm a news nerd. Yeah. So I get. You know, I've got a breaking news that pops on Twitter and all uh-huh. these little things and different reporters. And somebody sent a note to someone, and it was on, and it was basically, you see the kid the, who was bullied? Yes. On the, and it came on The View, and he showed incredible bravery and strength, and he said his favorite player was Sean Jackson. Right. And here come the Eagles out. And I'm telling you, and you know me. No, you can get no, no one hates, no one's like, hey, don't like the Eagles, that's me. I mean, that was righteous right there. That was Did great. Did you see this? I didn't see this, no. Great it's pretty, stuff. It's pretty unbelievable. It's really great. It's big thumbs up. And the best one was Todd Harriman's. Mm-hmm. It's sitting there going, hey, bud, anybody, anybody have a problem? You have a problem with anybody? We got your back. You know, it was like, That's whoa. awesome. It was great. It really was unbelievable. Was so great. No, that went viral, like on the spot. Oh, man. That went viral Fantastic. On the spot. I mean, like today, it's like, like the NFL, that's all they should be doing is pushing that out. Just push that out. No, no. I mean, make sure it's everywhere. Because it was just, it's what it's about. It's what, ultimately, it's what it's all about. Right. Is that these people have this great platform to do super things. And they, in the overwhelming majority of them do mm-hmm. really good things that don't get noticed. And this one was like, wow. So it it's cool. like bring your team to school day. Yeah. Like you're like, really? Yeah. Really? Bring so I got, you it was know, awesome. The offensive line walks in behind yeah. you. That I love it. That was great. Yeah, uh, wow. What's happened to you? You've, you've become a kinder, gentler worm since going to the I Fox think he was fishing show. for you to say that he, you were upset with him over the fact that he called you out while well, you were over a three-foot putt about just, your love I just line. Didn't have, I just didn't have the right comeback. I wasn't prepared. Because literally, I stuck that nine iron to three feet. This is the last time you called I in mean, I for the podcast. I stuck that nine iron to three feet. I know. And then my, and then we called you up. And I was like, I got... The, I got I lost then I my asked mind. you about your, your the the girl you yeah. know that you were dating, yeah. which Kara like gives me this look, and I, I guess I didn't know the answer because the last time I'd heard I you, you were yeah. you're going to dinner and it, things were well. Was saw each other. Okay. Oh dear. Yeah, that was a good and then it didn't too. work very well. So I, I yeah. apologize. People. No, no. People want to know about. I know. You, I know. You, I know. You've, I, you've I, captured the fancy and the imagination of this podcast nation that's out there. I got uh, yeah. I got uh, some cat from uh, Hong Kong. Says, you know. Reach out and send some love. I said, "Yeah, love to love to Asia. Yeah, the worm gives that love to Asia. <laughs> the Welcome. worm, sends we're everywhere. Love love to Asia. Asia. Yeah, we All got right. Asia. We got Australia. Okay, yeah. 
Well, uh, I feel this is winding down. Am I wrong? We missed something, though. It was, we a, great, about something it was a great year. It was a great regular season. Best one, the best great one yet. regular best season. One yet. Best Fantastic. one since we've been on the air at NFL great. Network. Nothing can cut it. Oh. The toughest thing is now. We, the, it, uh, for, uh, for all you guys, know, yeah. For us, it is. It's a bummer. It, as a female, I feel like I can say this. It's almost like postpartum. Oh. That was, you know? Karen, that's the name of this podcast the this post- week. It's ah. the postpartum podcast. Which is, which is ironic. Yes. Considering that. No, would it be coincidental? Mm-hmm. It, would be, coincidental. it would be ironic. No, it would be ironic because she hasn't had the baby yes. yet. Yes. Right? Yes. Talking about my wife. Your wife. When's You're the, the blessed day? Coming up uh, very, very shortly. Mazel tov. Thank you. Do we know That's gender? a boy. It's another boy. Oh. Masculine child. Oh. Two, two masculine children. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's this is the postpartum podcast. But you do. You get this but, full stop, oh, and it's I'm awful. There. I'm it's there already. Are I'm you? There already. I'm there already. It's, it's like, it's you know, you speak to coaches like uh, Vermeil and Mora um, and uh, other coaches who have been through decades of coaching, and they would tell you that the reason, you know, it just got difficult for them is because the winning didn't give you as much enjoyment as the losing gave you grief. Yes. And to me, every year the season's over, it gets more difficult for me to take. Yeah. It's a it's a it it's just such yeah. a it's these incredible first, how these first couple of weekends are. you love the off time. No doubt. No okay. question. But I'm I am you, already there like what am I gonna do Sunday? Right. Saturday night do? I have to have plans and a life. Right. I know. Right. And but but you just like Sunday, it's like if you're home, if you're dilly dallying around cleaning up or whatever, and like you turn on the tube and it's like Ooh, this is really not very good. Ice skating. But I have soccer. You have soccer. You and do. And I got big matches, so I've got... Take it through. Yeah, but I, I'm not... I'm yeah, I'm for, unfortunately, so, that's not going to be the wind beneath my wings. The combine. I, I'm sorry to tell you. The, uh, <laughs> you whatever, not, whatever, whatever you got. You're, you're not ready hold for on, Champions Hold on, hold on. This, this Sunday. What, what are, hold on. Wait, what, what did, hold on. Mike Ditko, are you there? Hold geez, on. I gotta remember what hold on. Hold on. Jesus. Worm, this Sunday. What what are the games? I don't even know the games. Well, we got three games. We got four games this weekend. On, on okay, five. what are the what are the games? I don't even know the games. <laughs> My kid goes. The funny thing is, we really don't know the games. <laughs> the big match. Huh. I, I highly recommend. Mike Ditka on Sunday mm-hmm. is going to be roaming around the television. Well, he's going to stop on Fox Soccer Channel yeah, at seven a.m. He's going to wake up on Saturday and he's going to watch the Manchester Derby between Man City and Manchester United. Manchester United was unbeaten mm-hmm. the entire season, not yeah. lost a match. Mm-hmm. Lost to the worst team in the league last week, Wolves. Oh, a shocker. Could you imagine? Those upstart Wolves. After a 26-week season on Sunday, my first free Sunday since August, I turned to my 39-week-old pregnant wife and say, <laughs> you know what Saturday I'm doing morning. today? You know Saturday what I'm doing? Morning. 7 a.m. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You guys will you be at the do... farmer's market. You'll be roaming yeah, around the farmer's market. Right. But you, you, you got to put on your farmer's market. Because I'm, I'm all about the uh, the uh, the clean vegetables. Yes. Now. So I had to, I had to just because I was telling you, starting to yeah. tell you this off the air. Yes. And I just have to give you the most random moment that really wrapped up the week in Dallas. Okay, give me. it to me. Okay, so you go to the airport. I went to the airport on Monday. Get there. And after a cab strike, unfortunately, that yeah, we, we, we dealt with in Dallas and all the weather. Yeah. Um, which, of course, you know, I mean, it was it was a crazy, weird storm. Yes. Get to the airport. There are people picketing out front no, against not. corporate greed. And I'm like, I'm not sure, you know. In get general, through them, just in general Get through them, greed. go inside, and we're all, you know, we are exhausted by this point. Mm-hmm. There's a rock band in Terminal D. Oh. Playing 80s songs. Oh. What do you mean? 
Raspberry Beret oh, greeted me no. as I walked what, through the what door. Time, what time was this? This was at 9.30 in the oh, morning. Oh, no. And, I, and all I could think of is... Do I not like, defame Raspberry Beret. I do love not, Raspberry... No, no. Oh, do yeah. not defame it with some hokey... Cover band. Cover band. I thought to myself, that's so, a karaoke song. So then no. the question was... I so was then like, it, was what not, it was not Prince. No. Okay. <laughs> not unless it's... So it's a cover band. <laughs> okay. Right. But can you imagine, like, the band manager's pitch to them? He's like, guys, guys, I, I got this great gig for you. It's a... DFW. <laughs> Day after Super Bowl. Day after Super Bowl. No, Terminal D. Don't you're going to rock... 9 a.m. You're going to rock that security line like it's never been rocked. Raspberry Beret... <laughs> Michael Silver was like, I heard eight six seven five three zero nine as I was checking in. <laughs> and then you got two tickets to Paradise. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm that to, one out. It was the most like oh. bizarre moment, and I'm like, get me home. Uh. I would like to meet the manager who got him that gig. Right, That's a great, great, great gig, extra step there, Cara. I mean, you're going to be right by the priority screening for Americans. Yeah, fly to the Concord guy. Well, too bad they're not next to that, that, new, that new screener thing, the body thing, the body scan. <laughs> Maybe yeah. all their instruments. Actually, they, that's what they're going to do if if they ever get the Super Bowl back. The body scan will be the Jerrytron, just oh, for everybody. Yes. Just put that. How is that? It's insane. It's totally advertised. Insane. Oh my god! <laughs> Through the roof. Oh my god! <laughs> the funny and you thing don't was, know which to watch. Do you watch it uh, on the field? Do you watch it on I mean, the Jerrytron? Because it's watch so it on the it's so crisp and clear. It is. It's it. It is like three D almost. Wow. It's unbelievable. And wow. and you know how they 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 the league asks all of us on NFL Network to to do some trivia and stuff oh, like sure. that to put on the big oh, screen. Man. I was up there. Twice, gigantic, huge, I didn't and, know and the fu- could get the any funny, bigger. The funny Apparently, thing is, it can. The Jerry Tron adds seventy <laughs> yards. It adds seventy yards. In your width, in your width. If it's, it did it to me, it'd be very bad. The funny huge. thing the is, best. when I, I was talking to, to Jerry, he was on the field before the game, mm-hmm. and I asked him. I said, you know, so was this the size that it was originally slated to be? And he goes, mm-hmm. no. Kept getting the plans, and I was like, this just looks dinky. This looks dinky, and he's like, it kept getting bigger. Mm. And bigger and bigger. And I was like, well, I think it's fairly Texas size now, my friend. And he came on the show before. Did he tell you what the inspiration for this was? I asked him, how, where did you get the Jerrytron idea from? And he said that he and his wife were in Vegas watching Celine Dion. And they had a big screen above her on the stage. And he turned to his wife and goes, I like that idea. I like it. So Celine Dion has inspired this monster that runs from 20 to 20. It is huge. Wow. And it is awesome. It is the star of that stadium. Period. Wouldn't be the same stadium without it. Unbelievable. I'm just glad the Giants were the first victors in that stadium. There you go. Excellent bitter way to depart. Giants at 11, everybody. Good to see you, Worm. Jump on the bandwagon. Good to <laughs> see God, you. Thanks for coming back. There's plenty of room. Thanks for yeah. taking the day off and coming back in the studio. I well, okay, I, have, I should have to go to work. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're going back to I'm work? I'm going to work. Okay. I, I, you know where I'm going to go? You're going, you, I'm going to Maui. You That's do have I'm actually two you're tickets to, to Paradise. I do. I do. You don't have to work, right? No. no She's no, tapping no, out. I keep forgetting that. The She's tapping out. I'm going to go watch the whales. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Mm. It's going to be so great. Fantastic. And I'm going to stay here and have a kid. That's what I got going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've got. And one more interview left to go on this podcast. Thanks Pro for creation, co- ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Good to see you. Thank you, guys. Good to see you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, podcast people. Oh, we miss you. We didn't even get any Nigel Spackle. Oh my goodness. I am in section 403C and I've been physically removed from my spot. I'll be watching in the bowels and the ghettos of Jerry World. 
My, my world exclusive report with video fans coming up later. Nigel Spackle covering Seatgate. Oh, dear. Just when you thought we were done with this segment. Here's Nigel I will Spackle. Be active. I will international. Be active. So the seat story has gone international, yes, in other words. Yes, yes, absolutely, of oh, course. Oh, my goodness. You know what? You know, the, the Champions League final, the biggest match in soccer every year mm-hmm. for club teams, mm-hmm. is being played at Wembley Stadium May 28th. And you can see it mm-hmm. on Big Fox on free television. How about that? Great way to finish up. Wow. We should have finished we got up a promo. With, Promos. Uh, way to get it in there. Cara, I best see you with a raging tan next time I see you. Oh, you know it. Okay. Kara Henderson and Jason Worms are on this podcast. All right. Let's finish up this post-Super Bowl podcast edition of the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's with a man who is going to launch his own new television show on ABC, Mr. Sunshine, the executive producer, writer, and star of which joins us here on the show, Matthew Perry. Good to speak with you, Matthew. Hello, sir. Good to speak with you. Good to speak with the man who is going to be following Modern Family this coming Wednesday. That's that's a that's a nice peachy time spot they gave you on ABC. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. I hope that it's because they think the show's good. Yes. That's what my hope is, that they said... Oh, this is pretty good. We're going to give it a shot. I like that. I like yeah. that. And and everything I've seen of it is is hilarious already. Or you're and it's got a sports it's sports theme. It's spin, it's tinged with sports. Yeah, throughout. this is a show you have to come on. Oh, please, anytime. And you know we can bring the Papa John people. <laughs> well, they'll provide free food, which <laughs> which I know people in you know in our industry like. We like free stuff. That's what we're in Absolutely. it for. Absolutely. I would love it. So tell tell me about this uh, this show that you're that uh, Mr. Okay, Sunshine. Okay, well the show is called Mr. Sunshine, yes. and that is because uh, it takes place at the entertainment arena, mm-hmm. uh, sort of akin to Madison Square Garden or the Staples Center, mm-hmm. and it's called the Sunshine Center. Ah, and I run things, so I'm Mr. Sunshine. The title is somewhat ironic, you see, because I'm not that happy a uh-huh. character. More of a put-upon, sort of grumpy guy. Mm-hmm. I see who, the irony. You, you see it? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, we help things by putting the uh, the happy face, the sun, and our logo has a straight line in it. Oh, I get it. And I would like to tell you that I drew that. <laughs> and? Did you? I did. Oh, fantastic. So, so I'm an artist. You, you're an executive producer, writer, star, and artist. I didn't and, uh, know. And yes, I drew the logo. I really did. You're all sorts of slashes in your title right there. <laughs> I... um, so the reason I wanted a show to take place in an arena like this mm-hmm. is because if you go to, uh, well, you know this better than anyone, but if, if you go to a website for Madison Square Garden, you click on events, mm-hmm. the the things that are that they have there on their off nights mm-hmm. are hilarious. Like they'll go from like a ranger game one night to a dog show the next. Yes, night. they will, and then and then they'll throw dirt on there and have the the monster trucks flying all over the place. The there. monster trucks, lingerie, football. Yes. Uh, Smurfs on ice. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to put it in a uh, in an arena because you want a, you want a place where a lot of funny things can come through, right? And also you want a place where maybe some interesting guest stars. My could, gosh, I'm seeing come. I'm seeing the guest stars on this program. It's ridiculous. James Taylor is going to be a guest star on your program. Yeah, who knew that he was looking to do episodic television? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you did. It's fantastic. Uh, 
Yeah, that was a uh, that was amazing. That was our casting director just took a shot. Uh-huh. Lauren Gray is her name, and she uh, offered it to him, and uh, he said yes, and we all just couldn't believe it. And then meeting him, he's exactly the way you'd want him to be. Uh-huh. So it's just this life-affirming, just wonderful time when you, when you meet him. Well, now I know you're a big tennis nut, so Jimmy Connors, that had to be your call. As Jimmy Connors was definitely there. my call. The whole idea of having a celebrity tennis mm-hmm. uh, event at the place, a, a charity event. Right. And uh, Jimmy Connors was kind of the guy for me because I was a tennis player in Canada, and I had that sort of odd haircut that he had. Right. And I had this, like, vicious temper like he had. You had the Prince Valiant haircut back in the day? Yeah, you know, sort of, you put a bowl over your head and sort of cut around it. (laughs) Right. That kind of of look. Um, And so when he said yes... That was amazing, and we laid down a tennis court at the Forum. Mm-hmm. Um, so we shoot uh, our exteriors and interiors at the Forum in Inglewood, which is Fantastic. empty. Yes. Uh, which is lucky for us. That is, that is good. And that day took a long time because he said to me, I brought my gear if you want to hit. No. And I just went, okay, well, all my dreams just came true. <laughs> so I really did, like, make the cast and crew wait for, like, a half an hour. See, that's you, be, but that's you exerting your executive producer privileges, right? There. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't do it in that uh, tyrannical a fashion. I, I, I promise you, mostly. Oh, but when Jimmy Connors was there, no, that, that takes precedence. I, if I had a show, I'd get Don Mattingly on the show. That would be my guy. You know what I mean? Like from back sure. in the day. Yeah. Even if it had nothing to do with baseball, I would just have him come on the show. Well, that's the beauty of it. That's why I, I have uh, Jorge Garcia's on the show. From from Lost. From Lost. In that, because you, you're a big Lost I'm fan? I'm a huge Lost fan. Will you please explain to me what the hell happened the last two and a half years on that program? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if we have enough time. No, we, do. we don't. Although I did see your appearance on The Daily Show, and I know you, you, you asked uh, John Stewart a brilliant uh, question if, you would, if he wouldn't mind having your interview go long and therefore it would go on the internet, which means you would be a very serious guest for John yes. Stewart. This is how I feel about you. The entire interview is on the internet. <laughs> well, from beginning to end on the internet. That's how. That's how much love I have for you, Matt. I feel very, very special, Rich. <laughs> you should. Where did you watch the Super Bowl? Tell me uh, your I Super Bowl watching plans. Super Bowl uh, with my dad and uh, three dogs, oh. and uh, and we just sort of had a mellow uh, had a, had a mellow time. But it was it was great because once again it was mm-hmm. a great game. It's unbelievable, the run yeah, that it's Because there was a decade there where they were all terrible, yes, right? Yes, no question. Like that Chicago-New uh, England game? That was, br- that was brutal. It, 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 you saw one beat down after another, after another, after another. But the last five have been as tight as you could possibly ask for. Yeah, it's really, really, uh, it, it, it was really exciting. And neither team is my team. I'm a Patriots fan. Yes. I know you don't like that. <laughs> well, I'm a New Yorker. You know, New Yorkers have issues with anything New England. But being, you know, uh, an NFL Network guy, I have love for all 32 teams. <laughs> do you like that? I do. Very politically correct. You respect. You. you respect. You That's respect. the kind of thing you can say when things are thrown up on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> 
so we had a great time. Uh, you know, I was very happy for uh, Aaron Rodgers. That was, you know, I mean, how many yards did he throw for? 304. Yeah, so that's that's not a bad way to just step out of a shadow. No, you know? I'd imagine. I'd imagine though, you being a Patriot fan, you de- definitely didn't want to see the Steelers win. That that was your rooting interest may have may have lied there. Yeah, my yeah. rooting interest in, in in those occasions is just for a good game. Hmm. So it's exciting and down to the down to the wire, and that's that's what we got. Hmm. I do think though that I can't get over how much the Steelers quarterback looks like Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Roethlisberger as Ricky Bobby. Yeah, I really just think he's going to just stop and go into some comedy routine. He does. Well, his face has been rearranged so many times, Roethlisberger. Yeah. That and the way he does run around is sort of comedic. <laughs> some six foot five dude just just running through people and running them over. Yes, and but who also does not want to be tackled. I like it. He's the first slapstick quarterback of the National <laughs> Football League. That's basically what you're saying right now. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he looks exactly like Will Ferrell. So, um, so were you disappointed by the the Patriots season, or were you were you were you intrigued throughout, and then just uh, figured the fourteen wins was enough? Where, where do you stand on the Patriots? I, I'll tell you that I am sort of uh, the kind of fan that guys like you, who mm-hmm. are the real fans. Yeah. Uh, don't like as much Why? because I, I, I certainly watch all the games, but I don't make sure to until the playoffs, and then I'm glued. Is that right? Yeah. Then well, I'll, you're a casual I'll watch fan. Every hey, listen, team, casual... but during the regular season, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't watch. You know, all the that's, all the games. That's fine, though. Casual fans are what what every sports league wants, Matthew. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. Why? Why wouldn't they want to? Uh... 162 million people watch the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. Not every That's single right. one of them watch every single game of, of the year, you know? Yeah, you're right. It just, but it, as long, here's the whole thing. As long as you just don't watch for the commercials, then I think it's fine. You're absolutely, you know what I mean? Like, right. As long as you're, you're like, hey, I want to see what, uh, what the Doritos folks have cooked up. And that, actually, this is the one time when people do. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, That's, I mean, how much is it? You you must know this. How much is it for a spot for thirty seconds? Uh, as much as it is probably that you kept the crew sitting around waiting for you to play <laughs> tennis with Jimmy Connors. Probably. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to bring up as much as I made on a former TV show that I did. <laughs> no, no, no. Although your opening line to, to John Stewart was absolutely genius and brilliant. The the, uh, the line about what you do with money. Ah, uh, yes. You know, then again, people should uh, definitely TiVo or, or seek out that conversation you had with John. It was uh, genius, the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know if we can go at length about it uh, if, uh, right now. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, no, but yeah, no, I was about to say, uh, no, your, your, your old show, we, we all know about that. But to me, it's all about Mr. Sunshine right now. Who, who else, who else uh, 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 is a guest star that's coming up in, in next week's? That You're we can, being very kind in uh, allowing me to peddle my show. Please, this is what it's all about. It's <laughs> when, this is Wednesday night. This is huge. I know you've been working on this show for some time. So. Well, that's the crazy thing. When you create a show, uh, this it's almost been two years now since I said, I think a show at, a, at an arena might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Now, these actors, like Alice and Janney, mm-hmm. they come in for 13 weeks and they're done. Right. They have lives. I actually, most nights, had to eat my dinner in a moving golf cart. (laughs) That's how busy I was. I mean, you couldn't even stop the golf cart? No, it had to be moving. Mm. Yeah. Uh, So, 
yeah, this week is obviously big because it's the first week, right. and uh, Jorge Garcia is uh, uh, playing this sort of very dry, very funny uh-huh. uh, maintenance worker at the Sunshine Center. Next week we have uh, Nick Jonas is on the show. Ah. Now, you said ah. Mm-hmm. Like you know who he is. I do know who he's. I know he's a Jonas brother. Yes, and I will I, tell I know you that you, that puts you one step ahead. Is that of, right? Of where I was. <laughs> so once again, our casting director said, yeah. "You know, we wrote this role for a young yeah. uh, pop star, an right. attitude-y right. you know pop star." Mm-hmm. And uh, our casting director said, "What about Nick Jonas? He's a he's a pretty good actor." Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'd have to make the call, Matthew. You'd have to personally call him and ask him to do it. And I said, okay, great. Someone tell me who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, pr- to prep you for the phone call. Yes. Right? And ten minutes later, I was on the phone with him going, man, I love you, stuff." <laughs> <stars." laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's like I was about to say, he's... Jonas' brother is like the Patriots to you, uh, where I, I, I sort of casually pay attention to their work but when he shows up on mr sunshine i'm locked in oh well thank you sir that's all I'm he saying. is a uh, you know i now have uh, informed myself as to these guys and how, how what a giant deal they are just wikipedia them that's all just yeah. go that's all i do now do you say wikipedia uh, or what is it is it I wikipedia? Say wikipedia ah all i know is that somebody can do anything you want with the the wikipedia page a couple yeah. weeks ago uh, somebody told me that uh, I, I was rich, white Mamba Eisen on Wikipedia. <laughs> That's got David Pressman written all over it. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> well, David Pressman, a fine actor yeah. uh, and, and mutual friend, is going to be, I'm told he's got an arc. He's got an arc on oh, Mr. Yes. Sunshine. David Pressman, uh, you know, every, uh, every arena has its mascot. And so the Sunshine Center, uh, the mascot is uh, my close friend, David Preston, oh, who man. is one of the funniest people in the world. He is, and the stuff he says on Twitter is great, but if I retweeted even one of them, I could put be, I could be called on the commissioner's red carpet within two Absolutely. seconds. Absolutely, that's the way he is. So we've dressed him up as a, as a large puma. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a very angry mascot. Uh-huh. And is just always there. Mm. So, you know, mascots are pretty much there for the sports or for a particular team. He's, you know, fixing the copy machine <laughs> in full costume. And this is starting Wednesday night on ABC um, at 930. And I can't wait to see it, Matt. Thanks. Oh, well, thank you, Rich. No, no seriously. Then that's, 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 that's with all honesty. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, it's already season passed. Already season, <laughs> already season passed. Well, thank you, man. You got it. And thanks for calling in. I of really, course. I really and I'm a big it. fan of your program as well, as you know. God bless. May God bless. I appreciate it. Thank you, Matthew. All right, buddy. Take care, pal. Bye. Matthew Perry, everybody, joining the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. That's the last in-season podcast we have. I'm still considering this an in-season podcast since we're talking about the final game of the year, the wrap-up, Super Bowl 45. I want to thank my compadres, Kara Henderson and Jason Worms are getting the worm back in studio. That was a lot of fun. Also want to thank Troy Aikman for calling in and Greg Jennings calling in here just a couple of days after winning Super Bowl 45. It was neat to get a few minutes with him. We are going to have podcasts throughout what we call the non-playing season. I'm going to try and do it every week. This is the time of year in which I do take some 
downtime for myself and my family. So there may not be a podcast next week, but I'm going to do a podcast leading into the Combine. Uh, and then, of course, go to Indianapolis for the Combine later this month as uh, the season does never end here on NFL Network. So uh, even though we may not be speaking to you at the podcast podium next week, definitely the week after that, and we'll try and keep it as regular as possible. I've really enjoyed doing it during the 2010 regular season and also the postseason, and I appreciate you listening as uh, many times as all of you out there have. We've uh, really felt the love on Twitter at Rich Eisen, also Facebook.com slash Rich Eisen, and also you can archive the entire season's worth of Rich Eisen podcasts, not only on iTunes, but at NFL.com slash Rich Eisen. So signing off here from our Culver City studios, ending the 2010 National Football League season is seen through the eyes of the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Thanks for listening. Stay listening.